Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Anisha Ramakrishna, and I'm an Indian entrepreneur and TV personality with big dick energy. I recently left my successful career and my long-term relationship to pursue my own fashion business. I'm single in my mid-30s, and I live with my parents. I'm currently cringing, and I know you are too. Hey guys, welcome to Currently Cringing, episode one. How did we get here? How the fuck did we get here? And by here, I mean, literally, I am sitting in my iconic grandfather's Honda Civic in my parents' driveway because I come from an Indian family and we're loud as fuck. So the concept of silence or a quiet place, that doesn't exist. That's like in a fantasy movie, like the sci-fi channel. So here we are in the car because it's the only place I could find to record where there wasn't going to be any interruptions, distractions, or noise. I mean, I think the only time it's quiet in my house is at like 3 a.m., like the devil's hour, you know, when you're scared of like your own shadow in the dark. Otherwise, there's just someone walking around, banging doors, possibly screaming. I mean, we're Indian. Welcome to life in an Indian home. Hashtag facts. That's life in an Indian home right there. I just turned 36. I'm about to freeze my eggs. I can't even believe that's happening. We'll get to that later. But first, let me answer a question that I get a lot. A lot of people ask me, what is your name? Is it Anisha or is it Anish? My name is Anisha Ramakrishna. That's the name on all my government papers. My government name is Anisha Ramakrishna. 
But everyone close to me, my family, my friends, they all call me Anish. So I just tell people my name is Anish. My last name, it's actually very easy to pronounce. It's not as scary as it looks. It's pronounced exactly how it's spelled. It's two Hindu gods mixed together. Ram and Krishna. Ramakrishna. There you go. Call me whatever you want, guys. Whatever floats your boat. Whatever floats your boat. So I think it's crucial to take a walk down memory lane because I think you need to know my background before we get to the present day and why I'm sitting in this car right now at 36, freezing my eggs. I think it's crucial. So let's start at the beginning. I was born in India. I know a lot of people think I was born in America, but I was actually born in India. But I was raised in Jakarta, Indonesia. It's in Asia. My dad was a CEO and we lived as expats in Asia, in Jakarta. I had a charmed life there, guys. We had three nannies, two chefs, a driver, a lawn manager. I had a private swimming coach, a private tennis coach. I even had like a singing teacher. I don't know. I liked singing and, you know, my mom was like, here, learn how to sing. And so it was really a fairy tale life. I was the quintessential prissy girl in a Disney movie. That was me. Except I was really shy, quiet, anxious, and scared. People would ask me my name and I wouldn't even answer. I went to a private British international school. I had friends from all over the world, including India. So I had a lot of Indian friends growing up as well. My mom threw me these birthday parties that would put the Kardashian Instagram parties to shame. I remember one year she rented out the entire movie theater for us and we watched Aladdin. Another year she rented out the entire Wendy's, which was such a big deal because in Asia, American brands were revered and very expensive in the 80s. So here in America, it might have not been a big deal like, ew, you had your party at Wendy's, but... Where I came from, it was a huge deal. And it was kind of like this one-upping culture, like which mom was going to throw their kid the better party. So I would also get invited to these magical birthday parties. I mean, Jakarta Indians are some of the bougiest people in the world to this day. Hashtag if you know, you know. If you want to see like excess wealth or just grotesque spending, Befriend a Jakarta Indonesian. I don't know. Go find one on IG. I also came from this very conservative Hindu family. And my dad traveled 20 days out of the month for work. So it was kind of like just the kids and mom. And I understand now as an adult why she was so strict. But my mom was like beyond. Like hardcore. Hardcore strict. We were scared. Like I wasn't going to fuck around. I was like a scared, anxious, nervous child. You know, I was obedient. I listened. I wasn't going to fuck around with my mom. And I don't think you would have either. My way of rebelling was, of course, eating meat. I just loved meat. I was born a carnivore and I was living in this Hindu vegetarian family. So I would sneak in like pigs in a blanket at birthday parties, I would trade my ghee grilled cheese sandwich for soggy, nasty tuna sandwiches, which I loved. I mean, what a raw deal, right? Like, what was I thinking? 
But overall, I had this idyllic childhood. Vacations were just epic. We would go with all our other Indian friends and their nannies, and it was just incredible. And it was just fun. Life was just fun. We also went to Indian religion classes every Friday called Balvihar and the Indian temple, the Hindu temple. So Hinduism was always and is still a big part of my life. So I had this stark contrast of going to this international school and learning about all these different cultures. And then my personal life was all Indian. Like everything was Indian. My friends, the food, everything. My best friend in school was this Canadian girl named Sarah. And she would tell me about this place called Toys R Us. And I'd go to her house and do, I guess, what you would call American or Canadian things like eat pizza. And we would watch Saved by the Bell. I remember I celebrated my first Halloween with her. And, you know, being the ratchet Indian that I was, I was a ghost, you know, because you just took a white sheet and cut two holes in it. But that was my first time trick-or-treating. And so I guess I was very much exposed to different cultures, religion, people, which is why I think to this day, I just love traveling and I love meeting different people. So life is great. And then in 1992, I'm eight years old and my parents take us on vacation to America. Now, this was my first time going to America. And of course, we go to Disney in California and we spend the weekend with some friends in Bel Air. So I now think America is Disney, Bel Air, and Toys R Us. I still remember these people's house like, oh my God, I wonder if they still live in it. But it was in the hills and I think we were playing like hide and go seek in the house and trying to find the other person took like two hours. That's how big this house was. So we come back and my parents drop this bomb on us. They tell us we're actually moving to America. My dad got transferred to head up the Latin American division, and therefore we were moving to Miami. So I'm here thinking America is Bel Air, but I'm still devastated because I have my life, my friends. You know, I was nine. I remember packing up all my shit. I saved the troll doll that my Canadian friend got me from Canada's Toys R Us. And that was literally the only thing I took with me. And cried saying goodbye to all my nannies, the driver, the school, the teachers. It was it was traumatic to say the least. So we moved to Miami and my parents buy this beautiful home which is the same home that we live in to this day. I'm sitting in the driveway right now and we have one cleaning lady. I didn't know what a big deal having a cleaning lady was at the time. I was just like, why do we only have one? Like the dumbest bitch on the planet. Spoiled as fuck. So we moved to America and I'm sitting in this house and I can't make this shit up. I'm nine years old and I don't know how to tie my shoelaces, wipe my ass, or brush my teeth because someone always did it for me. So I learned how to tie my shoelaces at the age of nine. 
only because I moved to America. Like God knows if someone would still be tying them if I never moved. So I start third grade, which is the first grade I enter when I move to America. And my first day of school, I show up with my British accent that I've acquired from this private school that I've been going to. And patent Mary Janes and these frilly white lace socks. My parents, thinking America is the land of opportunity, put me in this public school because they think all the schools in America are amazing. Except we live in Miami. Like cocaine cowboys is happening. So I show up to this public school in this yellow school bus. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Where the fuck did you bring me? And I get to school after witnessing like fights on the bus and people are talking Spanish because it's Miami. So I'm like, where am I? What is going on? I don't know what's happening. I have this lame British accent and I asked the teacher, may I please go to the toilet? And she's looking at me like, where did this kid drop off from? And she's like, honey, it's the bathroom. We say restroom here in America. So not only am I wearing patent Mary Janes that are burgundy, by the way, like wine, like oxblood patent Mary Janes, white frilly socks, I have a British accent. <laughs> I'm running around the playground saying, toilet. <laughs> and everyone's dressed in like LA gear and denim and, you know, listening to Biggie Smalls. There's one other Indian in this entire school and I befriend her, of course, and she becomes the gateway <laughs> to the Indian community. And through her, my parents meet all their Indian friends and they put me in the Indian religious classes, the same ones I was going to in Jakarta. They had them in Miami, Balvihar. Shout out to Balvihar. And I begin this life again of having my non-Indian friends in school and then this Indian life outside of school. My parents get me, you know, a private tennis coach, a swimming instructor, tutors, you know, they tried to make sure our life didn't change much. I learned to drop the British accent real quick, like zero to a hundred. And I spent two years, third grade and fourth grade at this public school before my parents realized like, maybe this isn't where <laughs> we want to send our child. And then they put me in a private Christian school. So now I'm entering this private Christian school in the fifth grade, I'm 5'7 now, and I'm 11. Like, awkward as fuck. So I joined this Christian school. Everyone's really nice. I make tons of friends. I thrive. My best friend becomes this girl named Rachel, who's blonde, gorgeous. She's smarter than me. She's athletic. She's just, you know, an all-around great girl and we end up becoming friends and remaining friends till senior year. Of course, I become a born-again Christian. I love Christian music and Madonna because my mom loved Madonna. So at home, I had like 
the Madonna CD playing, the Immaculate Collection. Shout out to Madonna. And then at school, I was like, shout to the Lord. <laughs> I can't. I can't. So I become a born-again Christian because, you know, hashtag, I don't want to go to hell. And I remember <laughs> buying Bop magazine. They'd have all these, like, fake celebrity addresses. And I wrote to Madonna and she sent me like return fan mail. And I remember bringing it to school and the principal telling me to put it away because that was the devil. That pretty much sums up me entering the world of Christianity. So now fifth grade was great. And now I enter middle school. I am just hideous. I have frizzy hair. I'm 5'7". I'm just oily and greasy because my hair is so frizzy that my mom puts coconut oil in it, which is something Indians do, and braids it. So a braid, a ponytail braid becomes my hairstyle for the next decade. And coconut oil is cool now and shit. It wasn't cool back then. I have grotesque teeth, like the kind that like grow on your gums. So then I get braces. And even though I'm Indian and I'm supposed to be like a brainiac and, you know, studying trigonometry in sixth grade, I'm actually really bad in math. So my parents hire all these tutors to like help a bitch learn algebra. And then my best friend Rachel is just looking more beautiful day by day. She's allowed to shave her legs and she gets like A pluses in Algebra 10 or whatever is it? Algebra 2 or 10? I don't know. At this same time, my parents start their own business. So there's a lot of stress in the house. My parents are working really hard together and I see all the sacrifices they're making. And I think seeing that made me kind of like a megalomaniac. My mom says I'm a megalomaniac and I'm like, you made me this way because I saw how hard they were working and I thought, oh my God, In order to make money, you have to work hard. My dad would, you know, go to work at like 5 a.m. and come home at like 1 a.m. I really saw how much they put into their business. The fun part of it all was because my dad is a textile distributor, we would always go shopping to New York for the weekends. So that is how my love for New York began. We would go to New York all the time and hang out there for the weekend. My dad would work and me, my mom, my sister, and my brother, we would all just like go shopping. So New York was a big part of my life as well. We had very strict rules, even in middle school. It's not like my parents chilled out for a minute. They maintained, you know, the rules. I wasn't allowed to talk to boys. I wasn't allowed to speak to boys like in any way or even make eye contact with a boy. I wasn't allowed to talk to boys on the phone. I wasn't allowed to have friends that were boys. And so it was like, here I was feeling ugly as fuck. No boy liked me anyway. It's not like any boy was trying to talk to me. And I was just terrified to be near a boy. The focus was on studying, learning, and like growing your brain. You couldn't just sit around in my house and do nothing. You had to either be reading a book, working, or helping around the house. So now I'm entering high school and my parents have become extremely successful with their own business, except they still lay down the law. It's not like they were taking us to Toys R Us, 
to buy whatever the fuck we wanted. We were not spoiled at all. We had to work for whatever we wanted. And I wasn't allowed to shave my legs. I'm hairy as fuck now. And I'm 15 and I'm entering freshman year of high school. My friend Rachel starts dating this guy and we remain best friends, but I become friends with another girl named Andrea. Andrea is Latina and comes from a very strict Catholic family. And she kind of had the same rules as me, which was basically, if you look at a boy, you're going to die. Shout out to all my Latinos. We have a very similar culture, by the way. Latinos are very strict with their daughters. And it's kind of like you're the family's reputation. You're the pride of the family. So you do anything fucked up, you fucking ruined your family. That's a lot of pressure. So I went through middle school not being able to sleep over friends' homes, not being able to talk to boys. And the same thing continues throughout high school. This is when most people are learning about sex and like sex ed, except I'm in a Christian school. So they're telling me about abstinence and gonorrhea. And then my strict Hindu family is not talking about the birds and the bees. So I'm learning about sex through my friends who are actually having it and reading about their experiences in slam books. Meanwhile, I'm also this born-again Christian who's saving herself for no one because no one is interested in me at this point. And I continue to live in fear thinking that if I sleep on the same bed as a man, I'm going to get pregnant. And then the most shocking thing of all happened. We had a classmate who was the daughter of a pastor and she ends up having sex for the first time, guys, and gets pregnant. Talk about scandalous. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So I was just terrified. I was like, I don't want to be near a dick. So three important life experiences happened to me in high school. Now, it's the summer before sophomore year, and I go to India and Dubai. So I spent every summer in India and Dubai because my dad's entire side of the family lives in Mumbai, and my iconic grandparents, the ones you see on Family Karma, they lived in Dubai for 25 years. So I had these fabulous summers with my family abroad. I was so fancy. So I'm in India, just chilling. I'm 15 now. And throughout our lives, when you're brown, you're told not to go in the sun because 
you'll get darker and therefore you won't be good looking because we come from a country where colorism exists. And I can say anyone who's brown has probably had that same experience. I'm in India, I'm 15, and I'm watching TV and I start seeing these commercials for this cream called Fair and Lovely. And apparently it lightens your skin. I always knew I came from a culture where lighter skin was valued because, you know, I'm a huge Bollywood fanatic and me and my mom to this day, we go see every new Bollywood movie and most of Bollywood is fair skinned. And I noticed guys liked my friend Rachel, right? And she was blonde and fair skinned. Like no one liked me. I was brown with frizzy hair with braces. And so I just made the connection after watching that commercial that I need to lighten my skin so that people think I'm pretty. And I had very low self-esteem. I had severe acne. Even though my mom would take me to facials and stuff and I had proactive, it didn't matter. Like, I just felt hideous. And my mom did whatever she could to make me feel good about myself. But, you know, confidence comes from within. No one can make you confident. And so I'm sitting here in India watching these commercials and I end up buying a case of this cream. I come back from India. I start using this cream for the next decade. And I ask my mom if she can buy me green contacts because white people have light eyes, right? So I'm going to look lighter and I guess essentially whiter, which will make me look prettier. So I start using Fair and Lovely and I wear contacts till the age of 27. Hashtag fresh look, green. Anyone else wore contacts? Hit me up, let me know. I think every brown person went through that phase. Like I think every brown kid wore contacts, male or female, at one point in their lives. And I also stopped going outside in the sun. I just start staying indoors. I stopped swimming, I stopped playing tennis, and I joined volleyball because it was indoors. Now, I start sophomore year of high school, and my dad gets me a BMW, and I start selling shit out of my car. <laughs> and that's really when I became interested in business. I would go to India, buy all these things from, like, the street, like trinkets, like watches, wallets, little cute purses, and I'd pay, like, 25 cents for these things, and I'd sell them for, like, 15 to $20, and I'd make, like, $500 on one, you know, day. It was pretty wild. My dad gives me a credit card. Starbucks, I think, opens near my house. And while everyone else is getting like fingered and having sex, I'm buying Frappuccinos. And I think I'm like queen of the world in my BMW. Me and my dry vag are like thriving in life. So junior year comes around and another pivotal moment for me was 9-11. We don't know what was going on. I remember sitting in the classroom and they turned on the TV monitors and the principal went over the intercom system and told everyone there had been an explosion at the World Trade Centers. And I remember not understanding what that even meant. It was just all like a blur. And then we saw what happened on TV and I just remember being terrified. We were terrified. Everybody was sent home and it was such a dark day. We had thunderstorms in Miami. It was just eerie. 
and creepy and horrific. What I didn't know was that that was just the beginning for me and my family because we found out the terrorists were Muslim and being from India and that part of the world, right? You're from quotation marks, that part of the world. You're all the same. We had never felt so isolated in our lives and I had never felt that kind of discrimination in my entire life. It was just sickening. Like we were scared to go outside. My dad, who my entire life has had a beard, shaved his beard because he was scared. And I remember like Sikhs were getting killed because people were blaming them for the attacks. And I remember we were all sitting in the auditorium And I was the only Indian, by the way, in my school. And I was actually the only brown person in my school. And they asked the students, does anyone know anyone from Afghanistan? And a few people pointed at me, which was really scary because I had probably never even heard of Afghanistan at that time. And so that was the type of discrimination I felt And having just recently, you know, experienced the Black Lives Matter movement, I understand what Black people mean because I had that similar experience. And I can't imagine living life like that every day because it was extremely polarizing. And life was essentially never the same after that. I mean, going to the airport going through TSA. (laughs) I, I just deal with it now. It is what it is. Now it's senior year and it's supposed to be the time of my life, right? I'm skipping school, fucking in the locker room, senioritis. Yeah, no, none of that's happening. I'm still fucking hairy. My mom's letting me remove the hair on my legs up to my knees. She is taking me to thread my eyebrows and my beard. Thank God. I'm now running around with green contacts and cakey foundation with acne and puffy straight hair because the flat irons aren't that good now, but they exist. So I have puffy straight hair. My arms are as hairy as, I don't know, like a man's. Basically, I have hairy man arms and I haven't kissed a boy and I'm the weird Indian girl that isn't allowed to do anything. So I was always a funny girl. Everyone kind of liked me because I made them laugh. But senior year, everyone kind of dropped me. Me and my friend Andrea become nerds because we're still not allowed to do anything. And everyone kind of just stops inviting us to everything. And I don't blame them because we're not allowed to go. So at some point, they're like, we're not even going to ask these two weirdos because they're going to say they can't go. And like I said, I was an obedient child. I didn't, you know, defy my parents. The highlight of my week was like sneaking in chicken nuggets and buying frappuccinos. Other kids were sneaking in drugs, trying to have sex. I just wanted to eat chicken nuggets and a filet fish Prom comes around and I go with a gay guy, of course, who is like a foot shorter than me. But shout out to John, who is a trainer at Equinox in Manhattan. He was my prom date. Thank you, John. I graduate high school and my diploma should have read 
spent high school crying in the bathroom, listening to Britney Spears next to my proactive skincare line. And then I start hating men because men don't like me. So I was never boy crazy and I just hated men and I was uncomfortable around men because at this point I'm 18, I'm a virgin and I've never even kissed a boy or been close to having a boyfriend. Now it's 2003, I start college and I end up going to a local state school that's 15 minutes away from my house because I got a full scholarship. And I'm thinking I'm just going to get an arranged marriage when I'm done with college and just live a life, you know, just be a normal person. Once again, I decide I'm not going to make friends with anyone in this school because I really don't even want to be here because I'm interested in business and making money. So I don't have time for friends because I'm going to school. And then when I'm not in school, I start working for my dad. And my dad is very demanding. And so I'm learning a lot about the fashion industry and textiles and business. And I'm going to school. I will say I'm very fortunate to have parents that didn't steer me into, you know, becoming a doctor or an engineer. My parents knew my strengths. If anything, my dad told me not to be a doctor. He's like, you will kill someone. Do not be a doctor. My parents actually advised me to go to fashion school. You know, my dad would always tell me to go to Sorbonne or St. Martin's in London. But I was very practical and I knew I wanted to study business. And fashion to me came naturally. I am now 21 in my senior year of college. I'm still a virgin and I still haven't kissed a boy. Hashtag late bloomer squad. And I meet Vishnu. Vishnu is Indian. He's 6'2 with big dick energy, honey. And I start dating him. So now you would think that my parents would be happy I got a boyfriend at 21, except they're just furious. They're like, why do you have a boyfriend? Are you going to marry this guy? It's just a foreign concept to them because everyone in my entire family has been arranged. No one has had a boyfriend. Meanwhile, Vishnu's not only Indian, he's like from the same village as me. And if you know me, I'm a sapiosexual, so he's brilliant, funny, charming, kind, everything you could ask for in a gentleman. So I basically tell my parents to fuck off. Tensions are high between me and my parents, and I continue to date Vishnu openly. I stopped becoming a Christian, and I start believing in the law of attraction and the universe. Me and Vishnu end up dating for the next six years. My family falls in love with him. We spend every Christmas and Thanksgiving together, both our families. It's just one big happy family. And six years just fly by. And we both decide to go to business school. So we get into different schools. And of course, I end up staying in Miami. I apply to two schools, get rejected from one. And obviously, the one I get accepted to is the one that's like 20 minutes from my house. So now I'm 27. And I've still never lived alone. I've been living at home now my entire life. I finish business school and I have these 
grandiose dreams of moving to New York. Like New York is the Mecca for me. It's paradise. Except I graduate with my MBA in finance in 2009 and the market has crashed and we're like in this financial crisis. So no one is hiring. My boyfriend at the time, Vishnu, being the incredible, brilliant, talented person that he is, ends up getting a job. And so he goes to D.C. and I continue to live at home and I work for my dad. So I think this is one of the rock bottom periods in my life because I had these dreams of going to New York and finally having this life, except nothing's changed. I am living at home and I continue working for my dad for two years. My parents see how depressed I am and they tell me, you know what, you keep ranting about how you want to live in New York. Why don't you go spend two months there? We'll pay for everything, find a job there, and good luck. So I go to New York. I live there with a gay Indian guy who was like a big CEO somewhere. And I come back with no job. At this point, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, fuck the universe, fuck everyone, life sucks. I mean, it was like the end of the world for me. I spend my weekends applying to jobs in New York with my friend's New York address. And now it's Christmas time. And I get a call from a fashion company. And they tell me they like my resume and they want me to come in for an interview on Monday. Little do they know that I don't live in New York. I live in Miami. But of course I say yes. I think I had like $300 in my bank account and I used that money to buy a ticket to New York. I end up getting the job and it ends up becoming like the dream New York fashion job, like the stuff you see in movies. So now I escape home because home is now just my parents telling me I need to get married. And I leave for New York and I become very successful. I end up making more than what a lot of men make. And I'm living the New York dream. And my boyfriend, Vishnu, who lives in D.C., spends every Friday to Monday with me. And we're basically like a married couple. We're both dinks and we're living the New York dream. And for those of you who don't know, dinks is a millennial word. Dual income, no kids, honey. That's what it is. And we're both thriving. We're both successful in our careers and, you know, just living our best lives. I live alone. I've never had roommates. I go to Bergdorf's. We go to almost every Michelin restaurant in the world. I think one birthday, he even had, per se, make the menu customized and personalized for me with my name engraved and everything. Like, it was so iconic. And now I've been living in New York for six years. I've been with Vishnu now for 12 years. My parents are screaming at me from miles away that I need to get married. And neither of us are interested in marriage. I think if we didn't have that parental pressure from both sides, we would have just continued dating like forever. And I do wonder to this day if Our families weren't so Indian and involved and annoying. 
maybe we would still be together, but there were a lot of other things going on with me. So towards the end, like my last year in New York, I was just severely depressed because I wanted more for myself. You know, on paper or from the outside, you would have thought I had the perfect life, but I just felt like we were dating forever and I didn't see where this was actually going to go. And that's what happens when you live life in the moment, right? Like literally a moment becomes 12 years and you're like, where did the time go? And at work, I kept getting more money, but I knew it was like fake. You know, I was never going to be, you know, a CEO or anything in fashion, partly because I'm Indian. And at the end of the day, even though it's an industry run by women, everyone at the top is a male. And so I knew essentially I wanted to start my own business and this wasn't going to be how it happened, even though it was my dream job. I worked with all women and every day I was excited to go to work. I didn't know what the Sunday scaries were. We talked about like shit, sex, like period, food, like that's all you talk about when you're with women. So it was really, you know, something out of, I don't know, out of this world. It was just a blast. I was the golden girl. I was living a life people only can dream of. I don't know if it's the self-sabotager in me, which is where the therapy comes in, but I decided... I couldn't continue the relationship like this. And this job was not going to get me to where I wanted to be. So me and Vishnu decide to part ways after 12 years, which was like basically having a divorce. Like part of your soul is ripped out of you. And it was a mutual decision. And much to my parents' dismay... I moved back home and they're very practical and they're like, what the fuck is our child doing? Like, you're leaving your cushy job and this amazing guy, like, what is wrong with you? But in life, I always say, follow your gut. And that's what I did. Something about my life just wasn't working and I knew I had to change it. If you want something to change, then you need to do different things, right? If you want a different life, then you need to do different things. And so that's what I did. I took it literally and did a 180 on my entire life. So I go from having the perfect boyfriend, the perfect job, the perfect clothes, the perfect jewelry, the perfect Instagram, traveling the world. I mean, hashtag scroll. If you want to see my life from back in the day, you know, just, just keep scrolling. And now I am 33 and I'm going to use my savings to start my own business, and I'm living with my parents. And my family thought this was just a phase, Anisha's going to get over it, it's just Anisha being Anish. And yeah, now it's been three years, and I'm in their driveway recording this podcast. That's where I will leave you for now. Hashtag to be continued. I hope you enjoyed listening. Please don't forget to subscribe to my podcast and let me know. Email me or DM me. 
Were you a late bloomer? Let me know. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai.